0: How you doing good how are you good cheers cheers to the queers cheers to the queers happy pride motherfuckers let's see what i got
1: hold on did you hear that i did did you hear mine but that was my cheers oh yours yours actually sounds nice mine is two plastic things <laughs> <laughs> one of these days you'll get it together i know i have four plastic things and one can on my desk so hey you know a toast is a toast is a toast I like it. How are you? I'm really good. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Very good. Hot. It's hot. as always hot, but... It's not hot enough. It's disgustingly hot, and it's supposed to be like 95 all
0: week, Oh so. my god, it's gonna be amazing. Are you... Do you have any plans for uh, the upcoming holiday weekend? Uh, no.
1: I don't know. Well, that sounds exciting. It's gonna be a blast um yeah i thought about it i mean i was thinking maybe i could possibly go to uh like one of the lakes or something like that like um lake huron uh Uh, there's a beach i really like uh, lighthouse beach and it's about um about 45 minutes from here and it's like pretty it's pretty chill i mean any beach on fourth of july is probably gonna be crazy but there's like a couple places that are really like more secluded so Mm -hmm. i thought i I might check that out um what about you guys well, do you ever do kayaking? Do you kayak at all? Okay, so here's the thing. Uh, I want to do kayaking every year. Every year, I plan on doing kayaking. One year, I actually did do kayaking, but it was in the ocean, <laughs> and it wasn't. It was in, it was in um, New Hampshire, and I just basically bumped into rocks the whole time. <laughs> that doesn't sound like very much fun. No, it. it so it was like. Like it it was stressful. I think the ocean is just a different vibe when you're doing anything on it, you know? You uh, like yeah. You have, yeah, I feel like you should have like a little bit of experience, um like tackling ocean sports, you know. Yeah. I grew up on lakes and I'm very comfortable with water and stuff like that. Although I'm kind of terrified of water, but that's a different story. But um like but the the waves were just enough that it just kept pushing me against the rocks and it was like Super stressful and I couldn't get out of it. And I was laughing so hard. <laughs> so basically I just like banged rocks the whole afternoon. Oh. Um, and then when I would get out, I would get caught in something. and It would take me right back to the rocks. Uh, so it was not, it was not the most fun. However, um, in Michigan with the lakes, um, you know, I would really like to try it again. Like my mom lives on Cass Lake uh, and it would be really nice to do that there because it's more chill. Although there's a lot of boats and stuff, but if you stay along the shore, it could be really fun.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I asked because uh, Turnip Rock is up in the sort of in that uh, Port Huron area.
1: Mm-hmm. And it's
0: like a kayak just off the tip of the thumb. I think it's like a short kayak off, like a, you know, like a little day trip. Yeah. And I was just wondering if you'd ever done that, because it's something that Amos
1: and I really want to do. Well, no, um, but my aunt and uncle live in Port Austin, which is the tip of the thumb. Right. So I... um. Like he, okay, so where they live, Uh, they live, Um, have you been up there?
0: It, it's yeah, like, I mean, a little bit. I haven't really yeah. like, spent a significant period of time up there, but
1: yes, I've been up there. Um, It's like, it's so it's really flat, and it's kind of like a, a grid with roads, you know? And they live like maybe what would be considered a block away, from, well, maybe two blocks away from Lake Heron. And it's like tiny little... Like, there's access to this beach. So my uncle was telling me that you can, like, um, if you want to kayak or do something from there, and you can get to uh that, what you were just talking about. Is it Pictured Rocks, or is that... The no, that's it, up in the UP. Yeah. What What's it called again? Turnip Rock. Turn, yeah. So my uncle was saying that, like, if you just go around this one area, it's right there. But um, it's just, again, I mean, I don't know, like it was like even when I was on the ocean it wasn't like crazy waves or anything it was just kind of strong and I don't know if like Lake Huron would be like I know where that area is is probably a little more like the waves aren't as bad but I imagine getting there it might be a little hard and it was it was really hard like, getting through, like, through that choppy water. So, I think if I did kayaking, I'd probably want to go on, like, like a, like my mom's lake or something like that.
0: Yeah, I don't think it's
1: wise for a beginning kayaker to ever go out onto a choppy ocean. Like, ever. <laughs> what are you talking about? What are you talking about? You cut out right there. What? Uh, I said, what are you talking about? <laughs>
0: just not wise. I mean, Amos capsized on Lake Michigan when it was bad. And that's just Lake Michigan. Yeah. Yeah. The ocean would be well, exponentially more
1: terrifying. It, it really is. Um, the, the whole thing, too, because, you know, I lived in Boston. So we're talking like kind of northern Atlantic Ocean. So it's not even like chill. Like, I think in Florida, obviously, there's some parts that are pretty, you know, The waves can be a little intense, but, um, when I was a kid, I lived off the Gulf of Mexico too for a while. And although we didn't kayak, we canoe, which seems weird. Um, we lived in this little area that had this like little, you know, like Southern Florida kind of, um like creek swampy area that you could like and it went on forever and you could rent canoes and just go through it oh that's fun it was so cool it was like filled with all this like crazy creatures and alligators and stuff but as a kid you're like oh my god this is amazing but um the north atlantic is just so it's so much colder and kind of frightening you know like it just doesn't have that like sun and surf vibe like no it definitely no. doesn't yeah but i, <laughs> I, I still like i overall. Yes, like whale watches and this is like a huge influx of great white sharks now in, um, you know, off Cape Cod so much that they've closed like half the beaches there and, you know, we used to go swimming there all the time and like it's just, it's just different. It's a different, it's a different ocean, a different kind, a different style like it's so yeah, don't kayak in New Hampshire or Maine. It is very different but I feel like Cass Lake would be okay for me.
0: Yeah, I think (laughs) Yeah, I think that uh, one of these days we should do it. We should sure. go kayaking. It'd be yeah.
1: so much fun. Let's do it right now. Okay, let's go. Um, it's not the podcast. You... Who needs it? it? And then um, get back to the news. Oh <laughs> darn it! I thought we were just gonna kayak. Fine. Uh, no, we have to finish it. Oh, well, should we do the episode from the kayaks? Ooh, kayakisode that failed. Yeah, big fail. I did try. You tried and it went nowhere. (laughs) I went nowhere very quickly. Uh, So, well, before we get to the news, um, how was your week? Uh, My week was really good.
0: I got to tell you, okay, so uh, we went to my mom's this past weekend for the first time. You know, it's my first trip really anywhere since, you know, well, outside of going up north and being quarantined from the world, Um, but, like going and seeing another human being. So that was really, really fun. We spent some time with my mom, and, and we decided to try to make some really fun and interesting things in the kitchen. So we experimented with Japanese souffle pancakes. Have you seen these? Uh, no, but
1: I mean, I've had um, Japanese scallion cakes. Are they similar? No. Oh, okay. No. These are souffles, little
0: mini souffles, right? And uh, so... It, my mom's my mom's favorite food on the planet is pancakes so I thought it would be you know a fun you know elevated pancake right sure literally and figuratively and um first of all I didn't notice that the recipe that I was using only made a single serving okay. <laughs> That was a little buried in the instructions. And they honestly make it seem so much easier. I'll put a link in our show notes. You got to see some of these videos of people making them. I mean, they make it seem so much easier than it is. And because it's a souffle, you know, like you're first of all, you're trying you you need to fold in like a meringue. You, You make a meringue with your egg whites like you beat them until they're stiff. And you fold that into your batter to, you know, make it everything fluffy and it, you know, puts air into it. And that's what I literally no clue what any of that means. So basically, you're just whipping air into it. So it makes it this puffy, delightful, like cloud that you're biting into pancake cloud, except they're super fucking fussy and of course i deflated them and only made a single serving and it just it, and they they were delicious but the pancakes themselves were a complete fail and it is now my goal in life to perfect the souffle
1: so is it like a like a like pancakes are sweet right right i'm still at, at no pancakes just so you know um, I, as an adult, I cannot remember a time I've ever had a pancake, so there's just this thing, but, um, um right. I don't, it's, like, sweet, like, I worked at a restaurant, they had, um, I can't think of the name of it, but it was, like, the, in a skillet, and it was, like, a dense kind of, I think I have pancake in the name, but it was, like, this dense kind of doughy egg thing, um, with lemon and sugar, is that like what it is? Uh-uh. But nah. I mean, it could have been. I don't know. I mean, a, pancakes aren't
0: necessarily sweet. I mean, what makes them sweet usually is the syrup, unless you put something sweet into them, right? Like chocolate chips or bananas sure. or, you know, blueberries. Um, It's usually, I mean, there is a little bit of sugar that goes into the batter, but it's not enough to make it like sweet. So it's not like you're eating like a cake cake. It's not yeah. that level of sweetness. It's more of
1: a... I would say like a fluffy biscuit cake. Yeah, this is probably so not interesting for all the people in the entire world because most everybody else knows what a pancake is. <laughs> like to be fair, I know what a pancake is. I just don't remember ever having. Like it's so weird to think. I thought this one day, and I was like, Oh my god, have I ever had a
0: pancake? Well, I think this is perfect. So, like, when we finally get back together again, here's the plan. We're going to have pancakes, we're going to go to the DIA, and we're going to go kayaking. It's going to be so fun.
1: I love the sound of all of that, except <laughs> for the DIA, but that's that's neither here nor there. Um, all right, well, that's that's adorable. Your mom is adorable. Again, I can't wait to meet her.
0: Yeah, we had a lot of fun. Fun. So let's get to the news.
1: Let's get to the news.
0: Breaking news! Breaking news! Breaking news! Breaking news! Extra! Extra! Read all about it! Hear he! Hear she! Hear we! Hear they!
1: This is where you come to get your news, folks. Breaking headlines. Boom! Boom that is like a firework. Boom! <laughs> you want to go first? Sure. Um, I'm gonna start with just a couple of people who came out this week. Um. Hairspray's Nikki Blonsky comes out to the tune of Diana Ross. Uh, Nikki Blonsky's was, um, she's in the remake of Hairspray. And she's uh, she's a great theater actress, too. And she came out on TikTok as gay. Aww. Diana Ross, yeah. And um, uh, Taylor Schilling came out, too. She's the woman from Orange is the New Black. She plays Piper. What do you um, mean she came out?
0: She came out, yeah. She's, she's been um, dating Carrie Brownstein for years.
1: Nope, she's dating Emily Ritz.
0: This is very confusing.
1: Uh Taylor Schilling, the so the blonde that plays Piper. Um, she has been with Emily Ritz for a while, it looks like. And um Huh. Wow, this is she was th- dating
0: Carrie Brownstein? I thought so. I mean, what a wild couple
1: god man oh to be dating carrie can you imagine i know how awesome oh my god like that's the next level okay not to like you know throw any shade at her
0: and not to not to diminish her coming out it's just that i thought she's been out for years so this is just surprising for me No,
1: nope um it's uh i was like looking at the date i was like oh my god am i years late on the story but june 29th 2020 i think there's been a lot of like you know like talk about it but she's always been kind of um you know blasé about her like relationships it says and she actually said in 2017 it's pretty invasive for people to ask me so she was never like really it doesn't seem she was you know really comfortable talking about her relationships but she like publicly came out on Instagram so but apparently if you know then everybody knows because you don't know much about entertainment so I'm uh, late to that party. Uh, yeah, they did date, though. God, I can't even imagine dating Carrie. I mean, not that Taylor Schilling's really cute, too, but... Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, you go ahead.
0: Okay. Uh, well, I'm sure that you haven't heard this because we're breaking it here, but uh, New York City's Queer Liberation March drew thousands of people and clashed with the NYPD. Organizers estimated 50,000 protesters attended the march and were allegedly met with police batons. The NYPD said three protesters were arrested for assault on officers. So 51 years after the initial Stonewall riots, more police brutality against queer people marching in solidarity with Black Lives.
1: 51 years later.
0: Yeah, as much as things change they stay the
1: same um yeah that's really sad yeah um this is kind of a I, you know i i like to go um the entertainment side a little more but um dixie chicks changed their name and released the protest song of the summer after shedding the racist implication of dixie the country pop trio will now simply be called the chicks but their new song march march is a standout and i did listen to it and it's it's just good i mean i don't know i think they've been doing Doing something for a long time. Um, We all kind of remember when they were just totally trashed on for saying they're embarrassed that – Bush was from Texas, and all. Remember, all the people were like throwing the Dixie Chicks CDs in the trash and burning them. And um, what's her name? Natalie. Uh, she was just like, well, I'm just happy that you bought them all, at least. (laughs) Yeah, right. Yeah, and then their whole documentary like came out about how. I mean, obviously they were getting like death threats and stuff. And I don't know. I think that they're a pretty, pretty badass band. And uh, yeah, I mean, listen, I'm I'm
0: not a fan of country music. I'm not a fan of country music at all so it's not yeah. personal when I say I'm not a fan of the chicks music, yeah but I definitely love and respect what they do and how outspoken they are and how they use their platform for good and not yeah.
1: evil and this was that was a long time ago to be outspoken like country music is so far behind as far as like I mean there's just stories upon stories about you know even just being a woman in country music is still like whoa you know um, In in I mean the Dixie Chicks were doing that a long time ago, so that was pretty impressive. But um, yeah, country music's tricky. Like I'm a fan of like like I love 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 Loretta Lynn, and you know like Patsy Cline. Some of the kind yeah. of like country music is like I mean Loretta Lynn, Coal Miner's Daughter is in my top three favorite movies of all time. Like I'm with you on all of that.
0: Like listen, I like specific country singers and specific. Mm-hmm country songs but as a genre
1: you know what You're I'm not saying?
0: a huge Luke Bryan fan <laughs> I don't even know who that is and I'm good with it
1: it's just he's just one of those country guys that's like on but like like Casey Musgrave or like all these women that are coming up in country I kind of love um and yeah and the women who came before them I mean obviously Patsy Cline and Dolly Parton and um it's, it's an interesting genre um but yeah so the chicks now yeah that's
0: so cool i love it yay the chicks all right uh thousands took to the streets of manchester and london this week for peaceful protests in solidarity with black trans lives matter nice yeah so i thought that was a nice happy little story and
1: the and the story does read happily so yay um well i, I should have ended with the chicks but i'm ending with kind of a sad one. Oh no um, <laughs> This ridiculously offensive political ad even includes an old woman spitting at a gay couple. It's basically this ad that came out of Russia. Oh my God,
0: I thought it was the Republican Party. I was thinking it might have been a Trump ad. It honestly.
1: I mean, it's coming out of Russia, so it's basically a Trump ad. Dang. A ridiculously homophobic ad that involves an old lady spitting at a gay couple that adopted a child that's being aired in Russia ahead of a vote on constitutional amendments. The woman is recording a video in the ad, which is set in 2035. She's in an orphanage, and she shows a boy... She is in an orphanage and she shows a boy. A man comes in and greets the boy and everything seems like it's going fine. The man leaves the orphanage with the boy and stands in front of the door with the woman who is filming and an old lady who works there. And that's where the ad turns sinister. I mean, normally we're just doing headlines, but I'm going to read this real quick. Yeah, that's the, fine. The boy turns to the man and asks where his new mother is. The new mom, in quotations, appears to be a man wearing jeans, a billowy jacket, and... Makeup, visual cues to show that he's feminine. The woman recording looks shocked when she sees him. The little boy looks sad, and the man tells the boy, don't be upset. The dad with makeup on then gets a little dress out of the car, implying that they're going to force the boy to dress like a girl to recruit him.
0: Oh, my God. There are so many problems. I just can't.
1: Hold on, hold on, hold on. The old lady who works at the orphanage spits towards the men and walks away in disgust. Here's your new mom, the man says. Don't be upset. And then the voiceover says, what Russia do you choose? Decide the future of your country. Vote for the, vote for the amendments to the Constitution.
0: Oh, fuck right. you,
1: Putin. Well, oh, that is so disgusting. I mean, there's, there's no way to unpack all of that, especially right now. But there's so many things that are problematic. And I imagine even the people who are problematic in this country, the racists and the homophobes and stuff, at, it would probably... Even see that there's something problematic there, you know, like it's that. Um, I I I don't know that I agree with what you just said. It's that blatantly like r- it's ridiculous. I, I don't, don't, but see, I disagree with them thinking that it's problematic. Mm. Yeah, maybe not. I don't know. I mean, I, who's to say? But I I just I don't know. It's so blatantly ridiculous. It's hard to, but I guess in Russia that is actual propaganda. So.
0: There must be some thoughts
1: on some really, really concerning thoughts on homosexuality in Russia. Well, you know, it's
0: just because Putin is afraid of his own sexuality. Putin. 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 Putin it in the Trump truck. Okay, so my last one is actually happy news it's out of New York. ACT aims to restore benefits to vets denied honorable discharge due to LGBTQ identity. So essentially, uh, the state of New York passed the Restoration of Honor Act, and it has just recently opened up eligibility for veterans who were not honorably discharged, and they were denied the honorable discharge because of their LGBTQ status when Don't Ask, Don't Tell was up. So now they're able to actually apply for veterans benefits and all of the things that they were not eligible for because they were dishonorably discharged as queer people. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, it's great news. Great news. It's New York only, though. I mean, so, you know, hopefully they'll lead the way for the rest of the states to soon follow. I like it. That's a little optimistic, I know, but, you know.
1: (laughs) A little bit, but whatever. A little
0: optimism never hurt anybody. Or did it? <laughs> <laughs> Alright,
1: so, uh, should we get to it? I think we should. Excellent. Evie? Hey, Nicole, what's up? So, I have to tell you something. Oh?
0: Do tell. Is it juicy?
1: Uh yeah, a little bit. Um, is it moist? Ew. <laughs> no. Ew. That's a quick way to ruin any conversation. <laughs> so what's the big news? I think that I might. I mean, like, there's a, like, so it has occurred Listen. to me, I think, Listen. I like girls. What? Wait, what? I like girls.
0: And I like girls too. No, like, like in a gay way. Oh, see I don't really like girls in a gay way. I like them more in a queer way. Oh no, I like them in a gay way. Oh, okay. So are you trying to come out to me? I don't know what I'm doing I mean, do we have to label it? Don't
1: label me. Well maybe I'm coming out to you. Real is this is this your first coming out, Nicole? This is, like, my 7,000th coming out. Oh. Well, what was your first one coming out? like? Do you want to talk about coming out? I kind of do. That seems like fun. Uh, it, you know, to be honest, looking back, it was fun. It's not always fun. <laughs> I mean, it seems like fun to talk about. Yeah. Not necessarily that the process was fun. It, it also can be fun. And now, yeah. in retrospect... It's at least funny how I yeah. came up. Yes. You know, listen, there
0: was, uh, there was this show. Uh, oh, it wasn't Strangers Candy. No, no, no. It was the Canadian show with the. Uh, South of nowhere. No, no. Uh, oh, not Strangers Candy Candy. Like, bur- uh, no. <laughs> oh, I can't. Mr. Show. Maybe it was Mr. Show. Maybe it wasn't Canadian at all. Oh. Either way, it was a show. No, it wasn't Mr. Show. Kids in the hall? Was it Kids in the Hall? It might have been Kids in the Hall. Do you remember Kids in the Hall? uh, I know what it is. Okay, so it was like this sort of like comedy troupe. I might be getting it wrong. It might not have been Kids in the Hall, but either way, they did this episode or this skit where uh, their teenage son uh, wasn't gay, but the parents were super, super, super supportive of. Everybody and queer people, you know, and so um, the kid had to come home and not come out to his parents. Like he basically had to say, Mom, Dad, I'm not gay. Oof. And they were like, oh, what are you talking about, honey? You're so gay. You know, we're so proud of you. We love our gay son. And he's just like, no, Mom, Dad, no, really, I'm not gay. This is my girlfriend. Well, honey, what are you afraid of? Just be gay. It's okay. We <laughs> love you.
1: <laughs> uh, ahead of its time too because that was an older show for sure
0: yeah for sure um, i'm pretty sure pretty much all the actors on there were gay men or at least the majority of them were but yeah it was fucking hilarious and kind of took a nice little spin on the coming out process you yeah
1: know? the theater crowd has always been pretty accepting um so if you haven't uh already realized this week we are talking about our coming out
0: our, out. or well, at least our initial coming out, coming because, out.
1: Yes, all of uh, those in the uh, LGBTQ plus community know that coming out never ends. Ever, You're always coming out <laughs> as long How, as you live. Um, however, I would like to say that I really actually enjoy coming out. I like guess yeah. one of the things that I, I mean, I'm really comfortable with it, and I'm really, it's kind of a like exciting to me
0: (laughs) yeah I need to be more I need to be more embracing of that I I do still like in certain situations have that moment of like sort of like you know sweaty palms like sure nervousness like oh how am I gonna say this like instead of just being and it's weird because I'm such a I'm usually a very matter-of-fact person I'm very i'm very quick to give my opinion about things if you hadn't noticed and i'm you know i'm really quick to stand up for the things i believe in but yet for some reason when it comes to that there are i do still have those moments of like that like mild panic and mm-hmm. and how is this going to be received and how is you know this going to affect my relationship with this person you know
1: so um that's like actually really interesting and so I'm really excited that we're talking about this. Um I I would like to start off by saying that I am coming from an absolute place of privilege. I understand that I have privilege here like I was accepted. Um I I didn't have a hard time in that way. I mean, you know, obviously like in high school and stuff, I don't I wasn't out in high school necessarily, but like I don't know what that would have been like, and so, you know, I definitely, there's still some, you know, the inner struggle, things that I struggle with for sure, but like, I, we understand that there are some coming out is terrifying and dangerous for a lot of people, so I don't want to minimize that at all, we're just talking about our own personal experiences. And, exactly, yeah. And I mean, yeah, this this month, you know, it is okay to, like, kind of rejoice in being gay and and in, in your process and how you came out and stuff like that, I think it's OK for, you know, for us to celebrate that and have this conversation. But um, and I'm not going to speak for you, but I know that I'm coming from a place of privilege that it wasn't, you know, there's so many awful things that come out with some people or that come that happen with some people that come out. And I didn't experience that. So don't want to be insensitive to that. Um, we're just telling our own stories.
0: Yeah, I I'm I'm on the same page with you. Like, I also did not have a traumatic coming out. Um, so I don't know where my PTSD comes from with all of that, but maybe well, it's just being a child of the eighties.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, you're allowed to, you know, um, I had a conversation with somebody a couple weeks ago and, you know, when I was talking about like, well, this, it's really, it's really tricky. Like, you know, in the podcast and everything, like walking this line of like, there's pride and there's things I want to celebrate. There's so many other things that's going on right now and that, that I want to be involved in and are, you know, are, I, we there as a part of our community and just part of the community in the world that needs help right now. And, you know, and I feel like there's a, there's enough room to talk about all of it a little bit, you know? So but this week we're talking about like our coming out and it, it is for the most part, I mean, for me anyway, it's kind of, it's more fun and funny. So yeah. again, I'm not trying to minimize anybody else's experiences and I know coming out can be just terrifying and tragic and a yeah. trauma, but, um, I You know, I also
0: want to say that I think that there is value, though, in telling positive coming out stories. Definitely. Because that isn't usually the narrative that you hear. And so it is nice to hear sort of a different take on the usual coming out story, I feel like. You know, yeah. I mean, there are a lot of trauma, uh, traumatic coming out stories out there, and they are horrific, and I am in no way minimizing it.
1: Yeah, for sure. But for sure...
0: That's what we hear. And, and it gets a little, you know, that's how stereotypes start, right? That's how, uh, you know, things like that happen. You know, people tend to think that this is all one way, and it's just not. And there's value in all the different experiences that we have. Yeah. and And celebrating the good experiences can help other people find ways to come out
1: as well, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, we'll definitely dive into that in the future. And, like I was telling you earlier, I mean – like I love being gay. Like it's a personality trait for me. Like I love it. It's so to me. Like yeah, the coming out it still was scary. You know, I was young and it was '97. So a little different time, but like I love it. I love so that- like it's it's been you know I've had so many adventures based on uh, like I said we'll we'll get into that further later. But Nicole, yeah, you're really
0: old. That was like last
1: century. I'm I'm
0: literally like a hundred. I so. was gonna say you're like a hundred and fifty. But to be clear, I do look really young. Well that's true. It so. might be all that sucking of the blood of innocent children. I'm not sure. Well you can do what you gotta do. You know. Um so our coming out stories. Yeah so yes. let's, let's hear about you're coming out. How okay. old were you when you came out?
1: 18. Mm, so maybe 19. Okay so, so here's I talked about it a little bit, how my process went. Like I finished high school, and then, you know, I had a friend, a best friend at the time. His name is Andy, and um, I'm still friends with him. He's my best friend in the world. And a lot of people assumed we were together. We were like partners in every way. Like we traveled together. He's the one that. <laughs> The poor kid. I made him go to New York City with me like every other week. Like anytime we had like fifty dollars, I'd be like, "We're driving to New York City. We're gonna be poor and we're gonna eat." That's the one that I ate ramen, uh, uh, rotten ramen noodles with, and we pulled over on the side of the road and ate corn from a farm yeah. because we had no money. Like we were just it, like he just went along with everything with me. So I was adventurous. Um, in the, the end of the summer of nineteen ninety seven. I was at Backstreet one night, which is an old gay club in Detroit. Uh, I don't think it's around anymore, but it was kind of like the hot spot then. And I met a girl. And her and I, so we met in August in, you know, classic fashion. I'm pretty sure, I think we met like August 20th and we lived together like September 1st, something (laughs) like that. You know, got to know each other over the weekend. Yeah, that that little U-Haul relationship. Oh, 100%. I mean, like, listen, I don't – this is going to sound awful to say, but, like, if gay marriage had been legal then, I literally would have been married, like, four times. Oh, you've already said that, like, a few times on this podcast. so true. It's not a shame. I was so passionate, like, about – oh, and, you know, and it was just – I like to do everything at that level. Well, so I had a girlfriend – and, you know, we live together. And it's funny because we literally live together in a one bedroom apartment. And I remember my mom coming over at one time and being like, and so she had a couple of brothers, like older brothers and stuff. And my mom was like, Ooh, which older brother do you have a crush on? And I'm like, We literally have one bed. Like, come on. <laughs> I mean, I guess we could have lived, like, we could have just, you know, been roommates, but it's like, I just met this girl, you know, I didn't grow up with her, like, she just showed up, and all of a sudden we lived together in one bedroom apartment. Yeah, but I feel like, you know, I mean, back in the day when
0: being queer was something that was just not even talked about, right? I mean, there was, like, the school teacher syndrome, right, where, you know, you and your roommate... We were both school teachers, and it didn't matter if it was a one bedroom apartment or not. everybody just sort of accepted the idea of you're just roommates, yeah, you know, and so I mean it, it could have just been that the ignorance of the time
1: for sure, and I mean like to be fair, like it wasn't ever I mean I was with Andy all the time, like Andy was like we were like attached at the hip, so i I know my mom like, assumed he was my boyfriend, you know? Right. And in some ways, I mean, he kind of was. Like, I don't – it was a complicated relationship, you know, and it lasted for a long time, and we were just so close. And so, I mean, I – and then when I, you know, I met my uh, girlfriend at the time, it just – I mean, it it changed things, but I Andy was still around and stuff. So I think my mom just assumed, like, oh, you know – um. And I, and I wasn't out, and, and it's funny, because I specifically remember, I remember thinking, I'm going to come out when I finish college. <laughs> I don't know why, but I remember being like, it's okay, I'm gay, I know I'm gay, and I knew this in high school. But I was like, but I'm not going to come out until I finish college. And, I like, it didn't end up happening that way, because I kind of, and I'll explain that after how I kind of came out by accident, but um, <laughs> that, was, that was the plan. So, but also... Around that time, after high school, like, high school was pretty basic for me. Like, I was just kind of there or whatever. But, like, afterwards, I started, to like, you know, I remember there was a, a used uh, CD store that came into my small town. And I started going in there all the time. And I became friends with the guy who owned it. And he, like, introduced me, to like, on Franco and all this stuff. And things just started to change, you know. This was, like, towards the end of high school. And that's when I was started like, oh, my God, being gay. You can be gay. Like, this is a thing. Like, you there are, you know, and just, just – Things started changing, I started going with that. I became a little bit more like like I've always been a little more on the preppier side, as you know. Really, boat nerd? <laughs> but like I became a little more like, you know, a little ultra. Edgy. I mean, not much. I was still wearing a lot of pastels. You were a little edgy. I know I was. I had an eyebrow ring, but I was oh, a lot... You were so edgy. But it was a lot of pastels. A lot of pastels. And like and I would still pull my hair up in a bun and do like the little side things, like the side curls, <laughs> oh. and I worked in a drugstore, and I was the makeup person, so I would just take all of the makeup. and so I was constantly like, all done up like a homecoming queen. Oh. But I was I love a little edgy. This image. I'm in love with these images. It's so ridiculous. when I think about it, like when I first came out, how it's funny because, for a minute there, before I came out, that's when I started getting a tiny bit edgy. Like, I was like, I mean, I was kind of into the rave scene. I was kind of into this and that. So I was like, eh. But then the second I came out, I became, like, wildly preppy. Like, I don't know why, but I fell right into that world. <laughs> um, so anyway, so I, I met a girl. You know, I met her at Backstreet. And I was in love with her immediately. We moved in together within, like, 20 minutes. And... It had to show, like, at that point, like, it had to start, like, I was just emotional over her, and I was with her all the time. We were together all the time, you know? Like, it, I don't know. I don't know what my family thinks, and I think it would be really interesting to actually, like, you know, when we we start recording together again, to really get my sister on there to kind of talk about a little bit about what they were talking about them, because I know they were talking, (laughs) you know, my mom and my sister and stuff. But apparently... Literally, my coming out happened, and I I left a card that Liz, like, gave to me for something. Probably for, like, our two-week anniversary. <laughs> like, this romantic card, I left it in the bathroom. On purpose? Or was it no oh, accidentally totally by accident. on purpose? Totally by accident. So it was and subconsciously he, on purpose? Possibly, but my mom read it. And they all read it, and they all talked about it. You know, I grew up in, like, so it was my mom, my two sisters, and my grandma. And it was just all girls, and it was just, we were all a little, it was a little chaotic, but it was a great, you know, a great life. But um, they, they read it, and I just remember my mom being, like, and I swear, it was something along these lines where she was, like, so are you, like, me and Jennifer, or are you different? <laughs> And it was, like, basically, like, are you straight or gay? <laughs> now, listen, I'm going to say this, and I do not by any means min- mean to minimize bisexuality because it is complete, completely valid. Bisexuals, I see you. I love you. I respect you. But I definitely had that, you know, it was for me, I used it as, like, it was um a, 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 a step. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Like, I didn't risk. I didn't disrespect it, but I didn't think of it as much as an identity. I didn't own bisexuality because I wasn't, but I said I was bisexual because I felt like it was easier than coming out as just gay then. Okay, can
0: we make a quick little detour? Sure. I think that that's totally valid, and I think that that's why bisexuality has often gotten that sort of reputation definitely of being on the fence, and it is because for some people it is sort of that half in half out, I'm not mm-hmm. quite ready, it's that stepping stone I'm not you know i'm I'm not ready to commit to this kind of thing, you know, so I think that like you know I don't think that that's it's wrong that you did
1: that, I think that
0: that's pretty
1: common yeah I mean there you know I've read a lot about um compulsory like heterosexuality too and how the idea of like needing a man there were a lot of things going on that I didn't realize and I mean again it was the 90s right I and I was coming off of like I was I was with Andy so much and everybody thinking he was my boyfriend it was just one of those things that was like I viewed it differently, you know, and, and like learning now, I can understand that that can also be like pretty harmful. And I don't, I I feel bad that I did that and I'm not trying to make excuses, but you know, being 18, 97, like it was just, that's what I went with. I went with, I was bi. Sure.
0: Again though, like, I do think that like some people just sort of do think that that might be their identity because they're not quite sure. You
1: know what (laughs) I mean? Yeah. And I mean, it's, you know, it's weird because I remember, so around that time I started going to affirmations which I have talked about a lot and how important that group was and it you know it all happened that summer summer of 97 it was a wild summer for me <laughs> and it was my new york summer with andy my affirmations i met liz at the end of it but i i it's funny because i actually met another boy there and it was a boy named brendan and he and i like really clicked and i kind of like i liked him like he was going off to u of m and like we were just i don't it was weird it was very like it just happened and we started talking and then i don't know what came of it i don't even remember but like so it was that time where i was like well i'm definitely not gay like i you know i like guys but it's funny because i i've spent a lot of time examining those relationships and and i have like dated men here and there um which i can find like I I don't know how to explain it, but, like, I don't, I generally don't have the emotional attachment or, you know, I mean, that's a whole other topic in itself. So you can have, like, a physical relationship with a man and not have
0: that emotional attachment is what you're saying. Like, you can gain, like, physical pleasure,
1: but not (laughs) emotional (laughs) fulfillment. It's so different. That's all I'm going to say It's just, it's. That's something that I, we'd really have to spend a whole episode talking about because it's so different. Like, I can meet somebody and, like, you know, you know my humor and you know how I like to banter and stuff. And if that just happens with somebody, um, and especially if he has curly hair, I have this thing with boys, guys with curly hair. I don't know. I get attracted <laughs> to him. Like, it just turns into this thing. And it's like, I can have it, but I, I do, I never, ever have like, follow through with the emotions, like, it can happen a little bit, and, like, I would say, I mean, of all of them, Andy was the one that, like, I loved the most, and I still love Andy, and, like, he's, he's just very, I, I will never know exactly what it meant to me, he's always very important in my life, but, like, I just, it's so different with a girl, I'm just so much more invested, and it's intense, and, you know, we're talking, like, future, and children, and love, and all of that stuff, like, I just don't see that happening with, I mean, yeah, you know, but I mean, I guess I should say I could, I mean, I shouldn't rule it out, but I've pretty much ruled out at this point. Anyway, um, but then it was still, you know, everything was so new and stuff. So I didn't want to come out as anything. Then when I had my first girlfriend is what really like the fact that I, that this letter happened and they started talking about it made me realize like, okay, it's time to talk about it because this is something like, this isn't like, okay, like I'll date a girl maybe, but, like, I'm going to end up with a man. You know what I'm saying? Like, that does, ha- you know, I know that that, like, and, and also, I mean, that's a really complicated thing to discuss, too, but, you know, I mean, some people feel the way that I feel towards women, you know, they feel that towards a man, you know, so uh-huh. they might have a relationship with a girl, but it's just never going to be on that level. Right. So that's
0: right, what, like, when street I- girls
1: who make out with
0: other girls at the bar to turn a guy on.
1: Yeah. Or even just girls who end up hooking up with girls and maybe having like a little thing with them or they, you know, but they're just not, I feel like there's just levels. And if they don't reach that level, like, you know, where you can't see a future with somebody, maybe, I don't know, I'm not going to try to figure out anybody's sexuality because it's so complicated. But I know for me, I was like, okay, this is the thing. This isn't going to change. Like I'm going to probably end up with a a woman, you know, so I should probably address it, like, I'm not gonna wait till after college, because I'm obviously, I already have a girlfriend, and I live with her, like, we're gonna talk about it, so, uh, in, in it, you know, and I have two younger sisters, um, we're all three years apart, and for the most part, everybody was really accepting, like, my youngest sister, the one who lives with me now, I remember, (laughs) she did say that it was probably a phase and I like literally, I'm quoting her. She said, "I saw Jerry Maguire." Like I know it's probably a phase. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even understand what that means. What is okay. Jerry Maguire movie, <laughs> Jerry, It is the most random movie to ever think about considering bisexuality. But in Jerry Maguire, the woman is like basically like she's having sex with Tom Cruise, and in the middle of it, she's like, "If you want me to have a threesome with a girl." I will. Like, I I did this in college. It was kind of a phase. It wasn't really my thing, but I'll do that for you. I don't know why she, like, like latched on to that, but she did. Oh, my God. Hilarious. So, I feel like they kind of all thought that it was going to be that.
0: And I like- also feel like the 90s was really big on, like, two women and a man in a threesome in... <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I feel like that was sort of a thing, like, in terms of like uh, popular culture. It was, you know, like that movie with Nev Campbell and What's Her But That Married Charlie
1: Sheen. Yeah. That was. And, I, that movie ruined me for a minute, though. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it well, that, was like the hottest thing ever. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah. But
0: there were like a lot of those kinds of things coming sure. out. In I the mean. Movies.
1: Okay. So. I don't remember what method I was using for like dating ads then. I don't I don't think there were dating ads. I don't remember for the life of me how I met this couple, but I met a couple around then when I was like 18 and I just I remember huh? her name's Julie and I can't remember his name, but I can I can picture them exactly what they look like. And I feel like I obviously didn't meet them online, but I, I don't know where I met them, but maybe a newspaper, something really creepy. Apparently, yeah, I was really creepy, and I met them, and I hung out with them for, like, weeks. And it was, like, a couple situation. And I was, like, 18, and they were, like, 30. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I remember. And I remember drinking butter shots, <laughs> butter stops, butter whatever, in the back of their car in the middle of summer. Oh. So it's 130 degrees, drinking warm butter shots. 18 years old getting pissed drunk in the back of some weirdo couple's car. Yeah. Playing mini golf and then going back to their house. Okay, something like, about that just seems Wayne. really Wayne right. that was their names. Wayne and Julie. Yeah. And I mean Julie was very pretty. I remember like, and I don't remember Wayne, <laughs> but I just remember being like, <laughs> how did you wait? I'm going to have to figure out how the fuck I met them. Cause that is super creepy to me. Yeah. That, <laughs> yeah
0: I mean, that just sounds super predatory on their part. And like, I mean, <laughs> I know you were an adult and
1: all of those things. I, 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 I was a kid. I literally, I remember them picking me up from my, the my driveway of my mother's house. 18. Wayne <laughs> Julie. <laughs> hey Wayne. Hey Julie. How's it going? Butter shots. In the back of their car when it was, like, 100 degrees out and then playing mini-golf and then going home with them. Ew. Yeah. So, anyway, so, yeah, that was, like, like discovering it was this crazy-ass, like, process. But then when I realized, like, when I had a girlfriend, I was like, oh, okay, this is it. Like, I'm gay or I'm, you know, at least committing to the fact that I'm going to date girls. And then, yeah, and then my – so, the whole point of this coming out – um. My family was, like, you know, my sisters, I had younger sisters, and they were snotty. Like, occasionally, my youngest sister, Stacey, who I just spent the week with, who's, like, one of my favorite people on the face of the planet, she was such a dick when she was younger. (laughs) She was also, like, 13, 12. And she would make all these snide comments about, like, like, at least I'm not... At least I'm not like making out with girls, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like <laughs> a 13 year old, you know. And but at this point, now they're all very accepting and stuff. And really, and, she's just
0: saying it just to because she knows it gets under your skin, not because she has any issues with it, right?
1: She okay. This is so bad, but, um, I don't know that she, she has four kids under the age of 10. I don't think she listens to anything, but even if she does listen to this, I will never forget that one time we were in a terrible fight. I don't remember what about, but she said in front of my grandma, why don't you go eat your girlfriend out? Oh, God. I swear to God. And I don't, I remember replying with something equally crude because I was so mad. But like, I mean, and again, she was 13. Wow. (laughs) So brutal. I just remember me, like, I mean, 13 year older fucking brutal anyway i mean and like again at this point now they my whole family is super supportive but in the late 90s it was a little bit of an adjustment you know like i they you know my family before i definitely heard them make comments about gay people right you know but i mean they have since stopped because i'm super gay and they all know it like and and again like i said they've been you know my mom is any person I've ever dated, she's always been more than welcoming, like just fantastic. And my- but I mean, there's also
0: I think there's a learning curve that comes with it. I mean, the heteronormativity is a thing, right? And so, Absolutely. so you know, our families, you know, they have some adjustments that they need to make too. And you know, it's like as long as they aren't ill-intentioned, yeah. I mean. They're gonna make mistakes and they're gonna, you know, say like shitty things every now and again and not mean them. And it's our job to like educate them and say, you know, this is hurtful and this is why. And Yeah. You know? So I mean, yeah, I
1: I think I wish I would have been more like aware of it at eighteen instead of being like, you know, fuck you. Go go have sex with a guy. You know what I mean? Like we never had those like real conversations until I was like older. Right. That's on sisters. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and we still have both fucking drag out fights but my sisters now i will say like um you know my youngest sister stacy the one i was, i i just spent the week with her in kentucky and her kids are like awesome and that's what i was telling you my my nephew he's 10 and you know they were up here a few weeks ago and we had a conversation and he was talking about gay people and i was like you know well you know i'm gay and he's like oh i know that's when he said but I, don't you know don't worry i'm not gay sist <laughs> And I was like, wait, what Landon? And he's like, one of the most darling stories ever. I know. So, I mean, like my, my sisters and my other sister, Jennifer is an absolute advocate. Like she told her kids the second she could tell them and they always just been supportive. Like, you know, my nieces and ne- they've always been supportive, so I'm very lucky in that way. And, and anything my sister said, I, literally, it was when we were all like teenage girls. Right. We we're just tearing each other apart because that's what teenage girl sisters did then.
0: Right. I mean, there is probably nothing more terrifying on this planet than pubescent children. Oh my God. But most specifically, pubescent girls. I mean, right. Um. Girls can just be mean as hell to each other.
1: Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, well, we were all, yeah, we were all so mean to each other. All of the stuff we said. And, I mean, being gay was an easy target. And I would say they probably used it against me once or twice their whole lives. Right. You know, and normally you would think they would, but they never did. They never went there. I was probably more cruel than that, you know. But, like, so, I mean, I was very lucky. Now, I have had weird experiences with my family, like my grandpa and stuff. Like, my sister would date somebody for, like, 20 minutes, and he would be just completely, like, involved. And, in, you know, our whole – the guy she was dating would be involved in our whole family, whereas I would be with somebody for years. And my grandpa would, like – he'd buy – he buys us, like, these candy boxes every year for Christmas, and he wouldn't put her name on it. You know what I'm saying? Like, microaggressions and stuff Yeah. Like that. But – For the most part, my family's been really welcoming to any person that I've ever dated. Right Uh, on. So tell me all about your coming out. My coming out was
0: equally uneventful in terms of family drama. Really?
1: I would think it'd be like a bit more eventful,
0: but. ah, No, but I came out later in life, too, which is interesting. So, like, so, you know, I got married at a pretty young age. I got married when I was 21. Seemed like a fun thing to do at the time.
1: Everything uh-huh. is fun when you're 21.
0: You know, I mean, listen. Everything, <laughs> everything. And I love, loved my ex-husband, and I love my ex-husband. Um, I definitely was in love with him at the time, you know. So, uh, I don't want to discount that relationship in any kind of way. But the first time I ever kissed a, a woman was on. My wedding night. (laughs)
1: Okay. I'm not laughing. You're laughing, but.
0: I mean, it doesn't sound really as scandalous as it really, I mean, as it sounds. No, it sounds
1: more scandalous than it probably is what you're trying to say. Yeah,
0: that's what I'm trying to say. Thanks. Uh, Yeah, I mean, it was my best friend. It was one of those situations of, hey, you know, let's try kissing a woman. I've never kissed a woman before because I did consider myself bisexual, but I just hadn't kissed a woman before so kissed a woman on my wedding night and was sort of nonplussed about it I was like well, whatever I mean but then again it was also my best friend right I mean
1: yeah yeah I mean that's kind of different too it's different when it's like an organic kiss as opposed to a manufactured one so can I ask you real quickly yeah did you like did you feel something before that like you say yeah like, you're saying you were bisexual. Did you feel that was, like, something that was, like, kind of, like, a nagging feeling? Like, oh, I want to – I don't know how to explain this because it's going to sound kind of, like, crass, but, like, I want to try this before or, like, I'm going to be missing out? Like, did you feel that at all? Uh, you know, it's it's too
0: hard to say what I felt that many years ago. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, But I would say that um I was definitely – I mean, like – Yeah, so I considered myself bisexual, but I had never even kissed a woman. So I think I was open to it and I was interested and not wanting to kind of cut that part of me off. Sure. I mean,
1: I feel like that was, like, a big thing. Like, I feel like if I – like, let's say I married my friend Andy or something. You know what I mean? Like, we ended up together together. Like, I feel like that would have been – like sitting there, like I would have thought about it, you know, like I need to, tr- I know it sounds so gross, but like I need to try this at least, you know? Like Yeah, and it definitely did sit with me like throughout uh, my
0: relationship with my ex-husband, for sure. And it wasn't something that I ever spoke about actually probably until now so oh. uh yeah his name was Wayne you yeah my chance of Julie right <laughs> I am Julie how did you know <laughs> oh girl I got another I story you would have been Wayne and Julie oh my god I've got a Wayne and Julie story to tell you another time but uh that I experienced and they weren't a Wayne and Julie but they were uh Rob and Lori okay <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, so I mean, so I'd never really, you know, experienced anything. And uh, so, you know, I was married for quite some time and I was, you know, my husband and I had split up and I was dating this woman. This is my second girlfriend. So my mom came out to Los Angeles, where I was living at the time, um, for a surprise visit. Uh, Her sister lived there, so she was staying with my aunt, who I considered my second mom. And uh, she came to surprise me, and she went to the bookstore that I was working at at the time, and I wasn't working that day. And she, of all the people that she walks up to, she walks up to my girlfriend at the time and and says, you know, she's looking for me. And so my girlfriend calls me, and she's like, hey, there's this lady here that says she's your mom, but I don't want to give her your information because your mom lives in Michigan. Yeah. And so I was like, that's super weird. That's definitely not my mom. And she said, like, well, let me put her on the phone with you. She's yeah. insisting in to talk to you. So she puts her on the phone with me, and it was my mom.
1: So, she yeah. came for a visit?
0: Yeah, she came for a surprise visit, staying with her sister and my aunt. And, uh, So it was, like, one of those things of, like, oh, randomly she just happened to pick out of all the people in the fucking store. And it's a three-storied bookstore, right? I mean, there's a lot of people working. She walks up to my girlfriend. And so it's on this trip that I decide, okay, I need to tell my mom. Because I felt the need to tell my mom in person. As opposed to, like, my dad who told uh, over the phone, you know, and my dad was, had telegraphed to me, you know, much earlier in my life that, you know, he would have been fine with no matter who I loved. So, uh, so that's why I felt more comfortable telling him over the phone and my mom, I wanted to tell in person because I was afraid of breaking her heart, you know? Yeah. Just, just such a fucking weird thing to think about. Like, I'm telling my mom that I love somebody and that's going to somehow break her heart
1: yeah it's
0: it's a weird thing to think about that love could break somebody's heart in that way or who you love you know I mean if you're not talking about star-crossed lovers it's just weird so uh anyway I you know we go to Disney at some point when my mom's in town because I think my little brother was with her and uh my mom and I finally had a minute alone and it was our first minute alone. And, and I knew we weren't going to have many more and we were at Disney in this like simulated ride thing and it was just the two of us. And so that's when I took the opportunity to say, Hey mom, I have to tell you something. And she says, "Uh uh-huh. And that, uh uh uh-huh. That always sounds like, I know, but okay. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, and, and that, uh uh-huh was super loaded for me because I'd already broken my mom's heart like five thousand times with like drug addiction and rehab and jail and a few other things, you know, on my plate. And uh so that uh-huh was particularly loaded for me, you know. And but I came out with it anyway. And I said, you know, I just I, I think I'm gay. And she said, okay, well, I kind of figured. She did. And yeah. It was that was it. And she said, can I ask you something? And I said, sure. And she said, is it this person? And yet I'm not going to name the person. Um, And really- it was, it, this okay. person was my best friend at the time, right? And I was just like, oh, my God, no. Ew. No. <laughs> like, ew. Because, <laughs> you know, this person was my friend. This is just not how I saw that person, you know? Yeah, like, sure. no, ew, gross, ew. Uh, I said, no, actually, you know, it's the person that you had called me from the bookstore. And, and so that was how I told my mom. And and she loved me and loved me through it. And it was fine. And it was not a big deal. And it was amazing. So I came out at Disneyland. Fun, for, really
1: the Fun for the whole family. It is. I mean, Disneyland can be great. like that. I had a really great date at Disneyland once. Really great date. Like one of the best dates I've ever had. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just you know, the whole day was romantic and cute and fun and like, there was ice cream and I don't know if we, I don't remember if we drank, but like, like I remember I also went to Cedar Point with this person. I'm terrible at rides, and so I went on one ride and I puked on her shoulder. Oh. Yeah. So that was like, Cedar Point. So it was kind of this running joke of like, let's not do anything like that again because that was horrifying. But we went to Disneyland, and it was, there was just so much more fun things to do, so many fun things to do. And I didn't puke, and we had a really nice date. So Disneyland's very gay. It's good for that.
0: I'm super <laughs> confused by what you just said. There's so many more fun things to do at Disneyland than at Cedar Point.
1: Yeah, like I don't like rides. Disneyland has well, so okay, here's the thing. So Disneyland has rides, but like like the movie rides and the stuff that you're talking about, like the simulations, I can do that. Like where Cedar Point has like ride rides, you know? Like the only thing I can do in Cedar Point is go in that little boat that goes around like the park. <laughs> oh, Okay, so you can't even get on the like simulated like cars on the track. I, can I mean, do come on, rides. I mean, I don't like the cars on the tracks, but I can do like the movie rides because you can close your eyes or like like. And, and Disneyland has, like, I don't know, it's just filled with different things to do. There's more fun things to do. Cedar Point is definitely more of an amusement park. Like, it's rides. And if you like rides and roller coasters, Cedar Point is hands down the best. It is literally the best in the fucking world. But mall. if you don't like that stuff, Disneyland, Disney World, they have more things to do. You really want to spice it up, go to Bush Gardens, because then you can see animals. Okay, I get you know, it. Disneyland had, like, there were rides, but the, the simulations, like, the, um, um, Indiana Jones and stuff I had a blast on that like yeah and the Jungle Cruise is always like fun. why it's different but it just is but like so I have this theory I was actually thinking about this the other day but when I was really young I went to Cedar Point with um, uh, my best friend and her family and they made me ride every roller coaster and like you know I'm I'm pretty sure I'm pretty small as it is And I was really small when I was young, and I I honestly was probably too small to ride half that shit. And they made me ride every single roller coaster, and I was terrified. Like, I was young, young, and I never liked rides. It's always made me nauseated and awful. Like, my head hurts, and so I remember going, and Cedar Point, I went with my girlfriend at the time and her family, and we were, like, and I was, like, okay, I can do this. And the first ride I went on, it wasn't even, like, a roller coaster. It was, like, one of those, like, Um, Kind of, you know, those random rides that are, like, between, like, a fair and a roller coaster at Cedar Point? Like, I went on one of those, and I legit puked all over her shoulder. I tried to hold it in, and I turned my head, and it came out and was, like, all over her. It was so horrifying. Did she still date you? Hmm? Did she still date you?
0: No,
1: for about seven years. Well, I mean, that's something. That's saying something. I'm charming, okay? I'm charming. I can get away with puking on you. the only time I ever puked on her. Let's be real. So, um, Listen, you're right, though. Cedar Point is the
0: best fucking... Right. Are Point, yeah. Place. If you want fucking rides, get it at Cedar, Cedar Point. Point Listen, is where it's at, yeah. A bunch of years ago, I went with all my siblings when my youngest brother was still, like, nine. And I'm, like, 15 years older than him, right? So I was, you know, in, in my 20s. Yeah. And we all went and it was hilarious because the entire time my mm, he was probably more like 12 at this point, but the youngest kept saying every fucking roller coaster that we passed he'd be like, "Oh no, it's fine. I I rode this one last time I was here. I don't need to ride it again. It's fine." Yeah. And eventually it became pretty clear to all of us that he hadn't ridden any of them, but he was terrified to and he just didn't want to tell anybody. It was so cute.
1: Scary as shit. I mean, Cedar Point, like, is a, for rides, it's a ride enthusiast, like, park. Like, it's not, you know, there's not a lot to do there otherwise. And the roller coasters there are top notch. Like, and I mean, I had to go, when I was little, like, I was small. And I had to go on all of them. And I was, it wasn't fun. It just, it honestly, like, I don't mean to be dramatic about it, but it was honestly fucking traumatizing. Yeah. Like. It wasn't fun, and I had to go on every single one. They wouldn't let me off of any of them. Hmm. So when I got older, like I didn't think of like, oh, that was, you know, like I just thought of absolutely not. And I tried to go on one ride with her, puked on her shoulder, and then I just rode that weird little ass boat that goes through the river. You know, the one that just puts around. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I get it. I like, like an old I don't forget it. Get it. So but Disneyland is different. It there are rides, but I can handle the simulations because I know Yeah. Yeah. Well, even know? haunted castle isn't like a ride, ride. Yeah, it's like No, a- I know. I mean, but you know, in Pirates of the Caribbean, although that little drop did give me a little bit, I'm not going to lie cuz I was so scared. But like I could still handle all of it. Like it was all fun. And we had the best day there. Like I remember I feel like we went to Disneyland and Disney World cuz we lived in California. So we went to Disneyland, but we traveled to Disney World once. I feel like, I don't know, but we had great times, you know, like great times there. Um, I mean, they
0: do call it the happiest place on earth. So fun. And it's also, so
1: gay. But I mean, I think it's a great place place to come out. Like, I love that that's where your story
0: took you because that's, yeah, a, I mean, it's, it is kind of fun that I came out at the happiest place on
1: earth. Yeah. That it's
0: the gayest, happiest place on earth. Right? <laughs> Should we do our crushes?
1: Yeah, let's do our crushes. Yay!
0: Nicole. Evie. Who is your crush this week?
1: My crush this week, uh, going back to the beginning, talking coming out, everything, my number one, Tori fucking Amos. I knew it
0: was gonna be me. Oh wait,
1: also you said do. Tori Amos. Oh, you. You. my bad. My bad. And Tori, Tori Amos. She was okay. So we talked last week about Annie Franco. You know, I love Ani DiFranco. like New York, all of that stuff. Ani Franco represented so much. Tori Amos was like, the, even the earlier days. Like I found little, little plastic earthquakes. I mean, I found it so early on, and it was just on like anything I've ever listened to. Like it was A so. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, (laughs) you just totally combined an Ani DeFranco you know what and we're going to leave this on there because I did and that's completely okay Little Earthquakes and Little Plastic I love it I think it's perfect Little Plastic Earthquakes Little Plastic Earthquakes is going to be my first album but anyway Little Earthquakes actually your biography but whatever Little Earthquakes Tori all of it like she was my number one um I mean, I might have, like, two number ones, but she was the number one of the number one. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. She's, yeah, yeah I get it. She's fucking awesome. I She's absolutely. so awesome, and I just, I honestly, like, I still listen to her. I listen to her every single day, without a doubt. What yeah. about you? Who's your crush? Okay, well, my crush
0: this week is one of our biggest fans and it is LL Cool JJ. Oh,
1: fun. I adore her. Happy birthday,
0: LL Cool JJ. Uh, But it's not just because it's JJ's birthday. It's because JJ is One of the most amazing stand-up humans I've ever known. I love that. She really, like, during this pandemic, she and her partner have been really reaching out and trying to make sure that everybody's okay. What do you need? We've got this. We can donate. We can do these things. They've been working to get friends together and Zoom games, you know, all, all of the things. And they just show up and it's pretty fucking amazing and it's inspiring and I love it and I love you LL JJ oh, that's,
1: awesome. that's a good one yeah, yeah he's a good person for sure agreed alright well um, find us on our socials um, at Queer Podcasts on Instagram at queerdos on Facebook ooh we have socials we definitely have socials find is there anything hashtag. else I'm wondering Nicole
0: that anybody yes. could do to you know, find us, like,
1: review, subscribe. That stuff is huge. It makes such a difference to us. And when you do that, feel free to message us because we are very receptive to that. And, you know, let us know what you want to talk about, anything you might be interested in. You know, we're very open to that as well. So, absolutely. And who knows?
0: You might be a crush one of these days if you play your cards right you just might be (laughs) yeah I mean seriously if you're Jody Comer oh my god
1: right you're already a crush so you don't (laughs) have to do anything but um yes please uh, like review subscribe and stay queered be weird see you next week see you next week